Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I am disappointed to say we're here once again because Andrea Horvath and the NDP continue to fearmonger and play politics with Ontario's public health care system. That is the health minister, Christine Elliott, uh, speaking today after new details leak out from uh, apparently from the Ford government regarding changes to the health care system. And uh, according to Andrea Horvath, the documents reveal the hidden agenda of the Ford government. As uh, she declares it will give the government unprecedented power to farm out services. So there's a whole lot of prongs to this story. First of all, big deal. No one should have a problem with us farming out some services to make our system better. We've already got it. Blood services, imaging services. This is already happening. And I get that Horvath thinks, you know, she is sitting on an explosive issue that's going to score her a lot of political points. I don't think it's going to. And I think, uh, you know, it plays for the unions. It'll play to the base, but it's not going to play to the public at large. You know, it's clear this is about playing up fears of a two-tier system. But I I think most people aren't buying it with the realization that we have to fix a system. And it's got to change because we're not doing anything by doing the same thing over and over again. I want to bring in uh, Francesca Grosso to this conversation, health policy consultant, principal over at Grosso. McCarthy, hi there. Good to have you. Hi, Alex. Let's get the details between what is fact and what is fiction here. So you have been in this particular area. You know healthcare. You know uh, politics as well, the behind the scenes. What should we be so terrified of given these documents we saw? <laughs> Nothing. The hidden agenda is an agenda that this government was actually elected on, and that was to make health care better for patients, to get more services to patients, and to skinny down the unnecessary processes and, and all kinds of administrations that are working against those services for patients. So I really don't see anything here that is very shocking or scary. I think the minister was brilliant today when she said we are committed to a publicly funded healthcare system. And you know, Alex, when I hear all this talk about privately delivered services, and you said it in your intro, I laugh because we have a system that is also delivered by privately delivered services. And actually, some of the services that work the best for patients are in the private delivery system. You take blood tests or imaging. You know, the other day I had to go in for a, a, a heart uh, I had to go in for um, an EKG, and I went to a private clinic. It was prescribed by my doctor. I went in. I had free parking at the back, Mm. and I got out of there. They said my my test would be at 930, and by God, it was at 930, and I got out. My 
test results were sent to my doctor. This has been going on for years. So the fear mongering that is going on is really kind of crazy. And I know it's politically motivated. And I do understand that the, you know, opposition government is there to oppose. And I understand that. But fear mongering isn't part of that opposition. And they are scaring the public unduly. Okay. And so where is Horvath, right? I mean, are we at a point, Francesca, where people have changed their attitudes on this particular issue? Because I feel like uh, at some point in the last couple of years, there's been a turning point. Maybe that's because more people are getting into the system and realizing, oh, my God, it's terrible. Or because we're starting to hear so many, you know, terrible headlines about elderly people not being able to get in buds, you know, beds, uh, long-term care. Have people's attitudes on long-term care or private care changed? I think people's attitudes on private delivery right. have changed for a long time. I, I was with Enveronics Research Group back in 2000, 2001. If you can believe, I'm going a long way. People, I believe, do understand that there is a private delivery system that is delivering publicly funded healthcare services. And actually, by and large, they work very well. In fact, in most cases, they work better than a lot of the delivery system in healthcare. When you get your blood tests or your urinalysis or you go to the pharmacy, these things work very well and you're not asked to pay out of pocket. So I think that the public does get it, but I do believe that the fear-mongering over, and I, I quote the term privatization because that's what Andre Horvath is using, is a scare tactic that is unfortunate. Because, and I gotta say, the journalists have never forced Andrea Horvath to say, what exactly are you talking about, about privatization? Because that can mean any number of things. And people are afraid of one thing. And the one thing they're afraid of is having to pay out of pocket for services they need. That is not what this government is proposing. It's not what they're doing. As far as private delivery, we've had it forever, and we've had it, had it under every government, an NDP government, a liberal government, a progressive conservative government. So it's fear-mongering that I, I think is very unfortunate, and uh, I think that the secret agenda of this government is actually to improve services for the public. Uh, you know, she speaks about this super health agency, which is, you know, nothing more than skimming down and getting rid of pencil pushing jobs and executives like Linz, which I'm glad to see go. Um, but does it make sense to you to have one central hub where all, you know, the navigation of the medical system will be in? Does that not make more sense to, to streamline services? Yeah, I think on a couple of fronts. First of all, streamlining is great. Second of all, you know, structure actually is important when it comes to being able to deliver for patients. The fact of the matter is we have a number of agencies all with their own self-built IT systems that do not communicate with each other, that do not allow the patient to navigate the system properly, that cannot even communicate with each other so we can't even compare anything. What this government I believe is proposing, and once again I'm not, you know, I don't know what ultimately the, the end result will be, is not just a skinnying down, but a consolidation that makes sense, that is going to take all of these disparate IT back office systems 
and create the kind of infrastructure we need so that the patient can have access to his or her own record that can ensure that test results are provided and that can bring a certain consistency to the system that I think is really needed. So I applaud it. And what what about um, those who are worried about things like, you know, cancer care or cancer treatments? Do you, are you concerned at all about those kinds of agencies? Because, you know, we're, what we're known for cancer treatment in, in let's say, like St. Margaret's and that, are, are you concerned about any of that kind of being watered down? No, I'm not at all concerned. In fact, Cancer Care Ontario doesn't just deal with cancer care anymore. There's a number of chronic diseases that they oversee, and this would be as I understand from these leaked documents, uh, assuming that that is what's going to happen, it's going to be subsumed into a clinical wing that is going to be able to look at all of these things and continue the functionality. Um, I don't think there's any interest in getting rid of this functionality, but empowering this functionality because it will be now uh, supported by a back office and infrastructures that are much more robust. I am not at all concerned. I'm ex- I, I got to tell you, I'm especially angered by the fear mongering around that because this is taking um, the fears of people with cancer and frail elderly, right. and it's really playing on those fears. And actually, what I understand is being proposed is exactly the opposite: is going to empower those systems so that the these functions can continue and continue in a more robust fashion. What do you make of, quote, unquote, the whistleblower? Um, you know, these documents came out. They were not meant for public um, perusal. And, you know, it's clear that it's been a politicized issue. But someone in that public service, not within the party itself, leaked those documents. And there's a lot of people saying, well, we should stand up for the whistleblower. And they're the heroes here because they've exposed this hidden agenda. Well, I, I, I did work in government, and i I got to tell you that government sometimes, unfortunately, leaks like a sieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say this. Uh, first of all, civil servants are there to work for the government of the day, so I think it was unfortunate that they got leaked only for one reason, not because the public won't know. Understand that this government will be putting forth a fulsome plan, and that plan will be seen by everybody. This is not any secret agenda. Ultimately, whatever the government puts forward will be put forward in a way that people can see. The problem is that you have somebody, and, you know, after 15 years of uh, another government, you know, you have people in the civil service, and they are few and far between, between that, you know, may leak these documents. I think it was unfortunate for the government because they were not able to get ahead of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's wrong. But ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, people will know what is being proposed. This is not some big secret that will be kept secret. They wanted to get their ducks in line. They wanted to be able to propose the legislation and the changes that are going to be proposed. And uh, yeah, it was unfortunate that it was leaked, because I think what you're getting is an editorial for the from the opposition party that has to be very fair and you raised this in your intro they have a very firm commitment to you know the the sort of union based labor 
bent that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But the bottom line is it's an editorial that may not be, you know, extremely realistic in what the government is trying to do. So it was unfortunate, absolutely. But I don't think this is an an insurmountable problem for the government. I think that they can still get ahead of this. And I think that everything in due course will come out and it will be better for patients. I hope so. From your lips to God's ears, and we will wait and see what comes out. Thanks so much for the clarification. I appreciate the insight. Terrific. That is uh, Francesca Grosso. She is with uh, Grosso McCarthy Incorporated. But there you go. Someone who has a huge amount of knowledge on healthcare. someone who has worked behind the scenes in government. You know, I- I'm, I'm willing to give this a wait and see. I-, I just am. I'm willing to see what they come out with before I lose my marbles because it I'd say it can't get worse, but we know it can. But we got to change the way we're doing this thing. Here on this Monday, you're listening to On Point on Global News Radio.